0: This podcast has been underwritten by Cape Cod Healthcare because investing in the arts creates a healthier community.
1: Welcome to the Creative Exchange Podcast, a series of elevated conversations with Cape Cod creatives. This project is a collaboration between the Arts Foundation of Cape Cod and Provincetown Community Television. Recorded at the Night Owl Recording Studio at the Cultural Center of Cape Cod in South Yarmouth, it is an ode to the artistic process and its unique manifestation here on Cape Cod, seeking to reveal the successes, challenges, and experiences of local artists. Above all, it is a reminder that arts matter in our community.
2: Welcome to the Creative Exchange Podcast. I'm Amy Davies, the Executive Director of Provincetown Community Television.
0: And I'm Julie Wake, the Executive Director of the Arts Foundation of Cape Cod. Continuing our exploration of the process, on this episode we're talking to Tim Convery, the owner and designer behind Timscapes in Provincetown, about the process of following your passion and taking risks. Tim Convery, a
2: New York design veteran, moved to Cape Cod in 2010 and rediscovered his creativity through his successful apparel and merchandise collection, Timscapes, in Provincetown. Tim's designs celebrate vintage travel posters and utilize his unique duct tape typeface to create colorful and engaging geometric icons. After Timscapes was formed, he has never looked back and is here today to share a bit
0: of what that creative journey looks like today. Welcome, Tim.
3: Thanks, thanks for having me, you guys. Oh, thanks. I'm
0: so psyched to have Tim here today. <laughs> yeah. um, Amy, what do you want to learn today? I want to learn so. We say this every time. I want to learn so
2: much. I want to learn. everything. I know. <laughs> I, want to I learn know. Everything. So I'm going to start. I'm going to start with a story this time. Okay. I, I remember see, the first time I saw one of your designs, mm-hmm. and just thinking, like I kind of went. Oh, it was, it was so creative and something I hadn't seen before. And mm-hmm. there are a lot of um, t-shirt sellers in oh, Provincetown, yeah. but your designs are so unique. And I'm interested in um, how this idea came to you and how do you keep it fresh? Because every mm-hmm. year it's still fresh. It's still like, oh, it's so clever and, and fun to, to look at. So that's my question. How do you, how do you discover something and and keep it fresh? And so, Julie, what's your question?
0: I felt the same way when I first saw his t-shirts. I was like, "What the heck is that?" And the you know the the font that that mm-hmm. he's created and um and it's like duct tape, really. Like, how did how did that come about? And uh, <laughs> so, I'm really curious what inspired the duct tape and. I also am really curious to talk about the process of taking that leap of faith. You know, a lot of people have some good creative ideas, but what made him so confident in this process that he has really taken over um, the T-shirt business here on the Cape? I mean, everybody recognizes these T-shirts. We all have them on today in the studio. Um, We love them. I've gotten a million... um, compliments on my t-shirt today and so it's really like it, it's very impressive and and how did you you know have the confidence to really like step into mm. this and, and move forward so I, I'm really excited to to explore his process of becoming so successful yeah. so welcome
3: <laughs> thank you thanks well the the whole tape thing was an accident mm. and what happened was, it was probably the mid-80s and I had to go to a birthday party and I needed to wrap the present, and I didn't have any wrapping paper. So I had some brown craft paper, wrapped the present in that, and then I think I had either duct tape or electrical tape. In the top of the box, I just made the person's name in this very kind of weird cryptic um, typeface. And the person loved it, and it was just something I did since the, you know, since the mid-'80s. And um, it wasn't until 2010 that somebody – I'd moved to P-Town in 2010. Then I spent the winter of 2010 on the West Coast. And um, I met this guy, and I gave him one of these presents, and he said, this is so cool. Why don't you make this, like, a poster size? And I'd never thought of that. So I went out to the local hardware store and bought a big roll of craft paper and all this colored duct tape. And I really started crafting – you know the language, and um, the first thing I did it was only typography. Like mm. I was crafting all the letters, and um, and just kind of figuring out how they would fit together because it's sort of it's all linked together, which is this other weird thing about it. But the the images came later. Mm. You know, it's sort of the tape. Um, it, it was really the, the 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 thing that I also love are these travel posters. So mm-hmm. it was like, how do I? you know, make these places, and then what's the icon, and how do I make the icon? Mm -hmm. So initially, I mean, they were so, like, abstract, you really couldn't even understand what they were. And I had no circles, so what I did was I went to this local pizza place. No, it was a (laughs) restaurant supply place in Portland, Oregon, and I bought all these different size pizza pans, and then I would, you know, tape out an area, then put the pan over it, and then trim it. So the thing that is funny about them is when, when you look at the originals, they're layers of paper and um, not plexi, but like acrylic, mylar. Mm-hmm. They're very much like old things in graphic design, like mm-hmm. either comps or mechanicals. Like I was very comfortable doing that because I came from a graphic yeah, design background. W- yeah, yeah, what
0: is your background? Did you Do you have a degree in graphic design?
3: N- no. What? <laughs> I dropped out of... <laughs> I failed all my, well, the thing that was hilarious was um, I grew up in Worcester, Mass, and I went to the art museum school there, and uh, then transferred to the School of Visual Arts in New York, and, you know, it was New York, it was the early 80s. I was like, school is getting in the way of my partying. (laughs) So, and I just was really, um, like, so crazy that I couldn't handle school, so... I dropped out and then just worked, like, all the crazy jobs you work in New York, like, you know, waiter, bike messenger, you know, security guard. Not security. I was a security guard at the Museum <laughs> of Natural History for one night that I quit. Like, and it really came too, to life and it freaked you too, out? was too, <laughs> too weird. I felt like it was just too freaky. But um, so I never really... Um, you know, lived up to my potential as my guidance counselor (laughs) in junior high said. But I finally finally started doing design work because friends of mine were in the design advertising business, and I thought, hey, I'm just as smart as they are. So I took some night classes in graphics, and I failed them. (laughs) But I put a book together, like a graphic design book, and ended up just sort of getting, you know, Kind of better jobs, and started as a junior designer, and then designer, then art director, and then I ended up—I don't know how—but I was a senior vice president, creative director at a really big cosmetics company in New York, and uh, so that's kind of the weird trajectory. And I completely burned out, and. Basically fired my boss and she fired me, so <laughs> that was like it was sort of the best. You know, it's sort of like one of those situations where, you know, they talk about the golden handcuffs where I couldn't leave, but I mean, I would just do anything. Like I would wear anything to work. I would say anything. I was begging to be fired. But it was actually the best thing that happened to me. Um, it's how I got into. It's how I got to the Cape. It's how I started, you know, looking at the tape in a whole new way. Um, so do you want me to tell you how I got to the Cape? Or yeah. What? Okay. So yeah. what happened was I I was in design for 20-plus years, and I, you know, was fired, and uh, I had a little money, so I thought, I want to do something totally different. All my friends were like, get back on the horse, go get another design job, and I just couldn't. How come? I just felt like I was in my late 40s, and I Mm -hmm. thought, if I'm going to do something, when am I going to do it? When I'm 80? Right. You know? And I had some money saved, so I Mm -hmm. felt sort of okay. I mean, not a lot of money, but—
0: But enough for a little freedom to make a new
3: choice. Exactly. So what I did was I went to massage school because (laughs) it was the total opposite of doing design— Mm-hmm. And when I was flipping out working in New York, massage was the thing that really helped me. And mm. just with different like back issues and stress. So I thought this is something I liked the immediacy of it. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because you know, I was really a good massage therapist because when you're when you do like a creative thing, whatever it is, like visual music you know, you have this sensitivity and all the sensitivity from my eyes went into my hands. So I could sort of just palpate somebody and I would know, like I could just sense like how they looked. So I was really good at it. But I mean, that is a really hard job, mm-hmm. you know. And so I initially came to the Cape to work in Provincetown at a little massage studio. And um, so it was, you know, the summer in P-Town, in it's like going to gay, Summer camp, you know what I mean. I was like fifty, right. and it's like we, you know. So, so that this is where we catch up. Like that's the the fall and winter that I went out onto the west coast, and that's when I started rediscovering my creativity with the tape. Mm-hmm. Like it took somebody else to show me what was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. hard because I never would have thought anything of that. Mm-hmm but it took it took this guy Tim to show me that this was really something interesting and um so i would just start taping everything i would i taped his shower curtain um i taped kind of everything his floor was destroyed because i had used this X-Acto knife to cut all the tape <laughs> the kitchen floor was shredded it was like they had thousands of cats in that kitchen you know so um but uh, so then what I did was I came back to P-Town that spring, spring of 2011, and um, I showed this work to this guy, Alex Carlton, who owned this store there called um, Rogues Gallery. And he had worked in New York and had worked for a lot of big companies. And I showed it to him and he's like, let's, we've got to have a show for you. So I started making. I call them tapescapes. They're like landscapes with tape. So I did a whole series just about P-Town, and we put him in one of his stores. He had like a little gallery in the East End, and we put them in there. I didn't sell any. I mean, I think a lot of times in Keytown, time, they're like, is that oil or is it watercolor? You know, if anything else, it's sort of like... Is it white-black? <laughs> is it, it white-line, wood block? No, not really. So it's sort of like, they look sort of like something like, you know, the originals were like, oh, the, the, when you do the final one, it's going to look amazing. <laughs> you know? But no, this is it. This is it. So... Um, Alex said, let's do some T-shirts based on these. And that's really what changed everything. And so we did a whole line of T-shirts, and Alex sold them in his store. And we sold out of all of them. And, um, and they were $50 a pop, too. And we couldn't keep them in stock. And then Alex said to me, this was like another turning point. I feel like there's these little seminal moments that happen. And he's like, you need to open your own store. And I was like, are you crazy? That is the last thing I want to do. But I thought about it, and I looked around, and and I, f- I don't know. I feel like I have good ideas. Like, why not? Mm -hmm. You know, if these other people can do it, I can do it too.
0: Can I ask you a question about, um, so those moments in time, and one of the uh, reoccurring themes, Amy, don't you feel, is that there's these people that we allow in our lives Mm -hmm. um, where they help us with those turning points and they recognize a talent that we might Mm -hmm. not see ourselves. And we've interviewed a bunch of people that always describe the successful piece of this It has to do with making those connections with people that we trust that encourage us. So what was that, um, you know, these people that you're mentioning, these were good friends that were, like, encouraging you to do the work and really digging deep and also artists or? Yeah, I mean. Like, why did you trust them?
3: Well, I felt— I was in this uncharted territory, and I had yeah. been in, like, corporate America for so long that I felt um, I wanted to do something differently. Mm. And I think for me, one of the reasons my business is successful is because it's super, like me, it's super authentic, mm. you know. And I think this has taken 30 years of my life to create Mm. You know, because I started this like way back in the 80s. And I knew it was this thing that was kind of fun and sort of clever. And for some reason, I was able to let these like to listen to these people. Yeah. You know, I think also getting out of New York was critical Mm -hmm. because I think in New York, it's like, oh, I need those Gucci loafers or I'm not going to be a nice person or something. Like you get so (laughs) caught up in all the like the bullshit of mm-hmm. the city that you come you come to the cave, hey, you brush your teeth, you're a miracle. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, you know, you don't have to, you can focus on other stuff. It's not like, right. you know, laser surgery or whatever the hell, you know, I felt like I needed it. Well, I haven't had any laser surgery, but yet. But um, <laughs> I think it was just being in a new environment, mm-hmm. like coming to the Cape and then, meeting Alex and loving what he was doing mm-hmm. and really being open to it mm-hmm. but I think getting out of New York was critical for me I don't think I could have done it there mm-hmm.
2: something that happened to me when I started working in Provincetown is um, people would say to me oh you work at PTV but what do you really do so were you having oh. those moments too where people you'd say I, I'm a massage therapist and they'd say but what what's your art and, and did that help kind of spur your oh, confidence I see a little saying. bit? So yeah. so I would say like I do photography or sometimes I paint. So was but it was a
0: given that you had to be an artist. Yeah, there was some there.
2: sort of creative life. You were a writer. You, you did music. Did you have that kind of? Um,
3: wow. No, I was thrilled to be away from it all. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel like the massage was the detox from doing corporate design. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I needed, and I never thought I was going to do it ever again. I thought I'd open my own massage studio and, you know, learn like herbal medicine or something. I I was like totally let it go.
0: Yeah, burnt.
3: That's when I was able to, when I picked it up again, it was with completely fresh eyes. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that. In in like in New York, everyone's like, Oh, where do you who where do you work? Da 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 in like P Town, it's you know, I-, I feel like it's it's given me the license to like just relax about stuff. Mm. And uh yeah, I didn't feel that neat. It's like when people say you're an artist, I'm like, oh, Really? Because I <laughs> feel like I just sort of sell stuff, oh. you know, and maybe like make, oh, make yeah. cool stuff. I really don't, I don't know. Would you say,
0: would you describe yourself as a designer?
3: Probably. That feels more, that feels maybe more real to me than like an artist. I think I have an artist temperament, Mm -hmm. but I have this weird. You um, have the
0: business experience, the corporate experience. I feel
3: like, I don't know what that is, but I feel like that's, because sometimes people will say to me, well, you're an artist. You don't, you just can't live in reality and it's like (laughs) you know it's like no I've like had to like had budgets and all this stuff it's like no and I that's the part that I find really interesting because Uh the design part is easy Mm -hmm. it's getting it like getting like from an idea into a product and to sell that and promote it and make it as cool as you can that's really exciting to me and get engage the community and you know Have a conscience about what you're doing.
0: Yeah. Uh, Speaking of community, um, your product, you've done a lot of social Mm -hmm. enterprise projects with people. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
3: Well, it started, I think it started initially with Casas, which is a no kill shelter in Provincetown. And I wanted to do these little shirts like, cat shirts and dog shirts, and I thought it would be really... I'd gone there. I'd gone to Casas. And I oh, thought, is that... This
0: my mug was inspired by that? Yeah. My cat mug? Yes. I love my cat mug. Yes.
3: <laughs> um, so I I did these this cat and dog, and it kind of... It was after I went to Casas, and what they do, it's, like, these cats and, you know, mostly, mostly cats in their P-Town facility, like, they take care of these cats, like, forever. It's kind of amazing. Mm. And... I wanted to do something that, where with what I do, I could help them. Mm. You know, I think it's hard, like, when you come from a corporate background, there's all these rules, there's all these regulations, and it's like you can't really do much.
0: Right, it's all about profit.
3: It's all about profit, but also, too, I feel like these companies, these big companies are like giant ocean liners that are trying to change – You know, and it's like there's it's like it's all over, folks. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like the Internet's here. (laughs) Department stores are not going to be happening. You know, Mm -hmm. they're going to be like fitness centers or I don't know what indoor hydroponic pot farms. I don't know what they're going to (laughs) be. But, you know, that that ship is sailed, you know. So I think that I like Like I think small businesses, what's great is like. You can adapt mm-hmm. and do kind of focus on what you feel passionate about. And I've done a lot of – I've raised over – my customers and I have raised over almost $40,000 over the past couple of Love. years mm. for everything from like Breast Cancer Research Foundation, CASAs, the um, – I'm trying trying to think um, – the Center for Coastal Studies. So oh, I've wait. done yeah. – there have been a lot of national – Mm-hmm. Nonprofits and a lot of local too. Mm-hmm. Because I also feel as a business owner, I don't know, I just feel it's part of my responsibility mm-hmm. to do what I can to to help, you know, local nonprofits.
0: Yeah. It's a win win, right? Because yeah. people want to be associated with the good work that you're doing. It's cool design. It's mm-hmm. especially in nonprofits, we're so um you know, buried by our, you know, limited budgets. And so working with someone like you really opens the door.
3: You know, that's the other thing, because I redid the logo for the aid support group um, of Cape Cod. And it's it's exactly that, where these companies or organizations that are doing this really amazing work might not have the budgets Mm -hmm. to do stuff. So I was glad. I mean, it the aid support group thing started out as a t-shirt. And then I said, well, maybe you just use this as your logo. Mm. And so they're like, yeah, this is great. So I love the idea because design is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Like good design is, is amazing. And it, it it's, makes people more aware of what the organization is or what the situation or, You know, I just feel that that's really powerful. And I can, I can help organizations. Mm. I love that.
2: I have a question going back to talking about you have a whole manufacturing part of what you have to have mm. your things manufactured, right. and you were saying right. that that's what, part of what you really like about the business. Right. So for someone who doesn't understand how any of that works, how sure. how does that work? How do you take your design and then find someone who can manufacture it for you?
3: Well, what I did was that, that winter of um, the year of 2011... I like researched and I wanted to do as much stuff here on the Cape as I could. And mm-hmm. I, I use a a silk screener here a, in West Yarmouth, and they're called Kaleidoscope, and they're great. It's like mm. a little privately owned business, and so I went to them and they helped me. You know, we they will buy the shirts and then decorate them, and we do some other sublimation and other things like that. But it was really looking. Close to home first. And then what they can't do, I'll try to outs- outsource. Mm-hmm. But um, I think now with the internet, it's really, you know, you look up whatever you want to make and you have it. You know, right. you can get it and just mm-hmm. sort of look. Like I was looking for these fanny packs and, you know, I found them online. And um, so I, I think it's a very it's it's easier now mm-hmm. than it was in the past because I remember working at design studios where you just had the Thomas Register and it was this <laughs> huge like encyclopedia of like, you know, screws, nuts, bolts, like, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it was, silk screening, you'd have to look through, the, oh, they're closed. you know and it was obsolete (laughs) immediately right so i also think the other thing too that's really helped my business is social media Mm. you know especially instagram you have mm.
0: a great instagram page oh thanks it's so good it's so interactive (sighs) you you need to give us some tips on that so but tell (laughs) us more
3: (laughs) so um i think with some of the products you know I, I, the other thing I like to do is, like, change up, like, what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I try to do, like, a new thing every year. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was last year the year before I did a little kid's book based on Provincetown. Mm. So that's another thing. I try to keep things fresh. Yeah. Because people, I think, you know, like when I was a kid, people didn't shop the way they shop now. You know, right. it's like it's – I think people are so educated and they're bored really easily and I think they want something that's entertaining but also authentic.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Like when people come in my store, I own the store, I've designed all the things in the store. Mm-hmm. I can tell them about the you know, my process and everything. People they're so hungry for that. Mm-hmm. Because you go to TJ Maxx, okay, I'm gonna get these like off brand, like Adidas track pants. That have, like, you know, a stain on them for, like, $6. Like, you know, I don't know. It's like we've done that for so long that you want, like, oh, wow, you thought this up. Like, people are freaking out, like...
0: Totally.
2: They and
3: love that. They love. their hunger for connection. Yeah,
0: yes. it's like
2: meeting a like a rock star. Like yes. like you said, how often you don't go into like Ralph Lauren and meet
0: Ralph Lauren, <laughs>
2: you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's really cool
3: well, to meet you when you're it, in there. It's it's really funny. I mean, I don't get it at all. I feel like you know, I can like <laughs> shake somebody's hand. It's like, oh yeah, I was just cleaning up some well, dog poop on the street <laughs> because of my glamorous job. You know, it's like well,
0: it was funny when I met you. I went to Provincetown with a friend and he's like, Oh, um, I said, I know you know Tim. I want to meet Tim from Timscapes. And he's like, Oh, I'll text him. And we walked to his shop and and we're like just standing there. And I'm, I noticed that there's like an odd man in the corner eating a sandwich. And my friend goes, Oh, that's Tim. And
1: I said, what? Yeah.
3: <laughs> it's like the whole mystique. Like, right. I'm so. Like this was like me in corporate America was like you know, I would wear like farmer pants, like bib overalls to work, you know, and they were just did not know what to do with me. But um. but your
0: store is very I mean, it's fun. It's very fun. Very f- reflective of yeah. the art and and you and you.
3: Well, I think the thing is, it's like. You know, because if you meet me, you wouldn't necessarily expect me to have a store like that, you know. Um, the man with sandwiches, Right. Or it's just like I'm always wearing black. Like you wouldn't. It was sort of like, you know, I don't know, like Marilyn Manson to have like a Hello Kitty store, you know, right. what you mean? or something <laughs> right. like that.
0: But I have to agree. You were not what I expected. <laughs> I know.
3: I It's like I was talking to somebody and they were saying, You know, talking about my store, I said, my store is great. I'm not so great, but I feel like my (laughs) store is awesome. Like, I believe in my store 100%. But one of the things that I wanted to do was, um, like, taking these really simple things like the tape Mm -hmm. and making it, like, I also in my story have a lot of things covered with tape. Like oars and a ship's wheel. I like the idea of taking things that are very kind of simple or humble and kind of elevating them to make them sort of more Mm. interesting or kind of to look at something. I mean, when someone was asking me years ago about the store, they love the store. And I said, it's kind of like a sort of like a punk version of Sesame Street. It is. You (laughs) know, because it's very friendly, but there's an edge to it. Yes. You know, and I think that's part of the weird writing and just the way it's done. But again, it's, it's really been like this labor of love, mm. you know, and it's taken this long. I couldn't have done this 10 years ago. I couldn't have done it 20 years ago, I don't mm. think. Because I was too full of myself. I think like I opened the store and I was 50. And I think, you know, you've been through a lot of stuff at 50. And mm-hmm. I kind of know what I want to do or don't want to do or I kind of knew who I was. And it's funny too, like opening a, starting a business or opening a store, like I was obsessed with, you know, decorating and buying stuff. And mm. it all kind of went into the store. Like I was a crazy shopper. But once I opened the business, like all that energy, like all the energy, like I finally found what I was meant to do. You know, it's mm. almost like finding, like, like I, I know I would have, be at work in New York and had the big job and, I'd be really frustrated. Then I'd just run across the street to like Bergdorf Men or some (laughs) store and be like, I gotta buy something. You know, I don't care what it is. Like, I don't care. And the joke with me was that I would automatically take the bag with the thing in it right to this housing works organization, which was about people with HIV and AIDS to have housing. So it was like I needed some kind of high. Right to do something, but now like the whole thing, like the three hundred and sixty mm-hmm. of the business and the creativity and all of it, it's so fulfilling, and it was like totally what I was meant to do.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's amazing. I, just I know. repurposing that energy mm-hmm. that you had that was mm-hmm. kind of going all over the place to like really focus in on on um, your ability to just kind of invest in that. And, and yourself. And yourself.
3: Yeah. Where do
0: you see Timscapes going?
3: Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure. I would love to... You
0: always seem on trend. So, like... I
3: don't, I don't know. You
0: know? Like the fanny pack?
3: <laughs> right. yeah.
0: Is that I think I was... Again, yeah, please. I think
3: I'm a little late for that, but... Um...
0: <laughs> but you'll bring it back. <laughs> right.
3: I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, in some ways, I would love to have it be... Maybe sometime like as I get older, like online only Mm -hmm. or um, I would like to I really want to do animation. Like I really think all the weird Ah. characters and everything to have that and to communicate, like to have it as a new way to experience Timscapes. I almost feel like the store is like, the museum store after you see everything. Yes! Like, there's a mm. prequel that I haven't done yet. Yes! That's what it feels like. Like, whether it's more artwork or animation or something. Um, and I can
2: see the animation. I Can't can, you see the oh, animation? Yeah. And no. i And
3: I've done some GIFs and some fun little videos, but I feel like that's... You know, there was a, a great documentary about Walt Disney and When he did Snow White, that was like the turning point for his animation because before that it was very like, you know, stick figure like Mickey Mouse. And he did Snow White and he's looking into the theater and here's all like the Clark Gable and Lana Mm -hmm. Turner. They're all crying, watching this cartoon. And he's like, I've done it. Like there's I want to make an even stronger connection with people. And I think I can do that even more with animation or more books. Like I would love to have Bradford as like the the hero of my P Town book, but to have him go all over the world, you know, or to have Bradford stores all over the place. But I'd love to figure out something where people kind of ran it and owned it. So it's not like a franchise, but a trust. Or I'm not sure exactly yeah. what it would be. But I I feel like it could be as big or as small as I want it to be.
0: Yeah, I you know? agree. So so you're super busy. And how do you do, like, what's your self-care? I mean, you were into massage and herbal stuff. You know what's so funny? It's <laughs>
3: like once I quit massage, I don't think I've had a massage in like seven years. <laughs> like seven or eight years. It's like, um, I don't know. I go to bed early. <laughs> you know, it's... I think, you know, the other thing that I want to tell, you know, mention is that people ask me, how did you do this? Yeah. Because it was sort of like nothing and then it was this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And what I would tell people is that, you know, with a business or something, it's you've got to do something every day, Mm -hmm. no matter how small it is, because it gets this momentum going with getting stuff done. And then when you do something, you get more ideas and you get this feeling of satisfaction you know, mm. I think a lot of people feel, I don't know, myself included, that it's all going to get done. It's all going to look amazing. Done, done, done. And it just doesn't work that way. It hasn't worked that way for me. Mm. You know, so.
0: And that's kind of part of the self-care, too, I bet. Right? Oh, yeah.
3: The self-care. Sorry. I'm so terrible no, at that. Okay. <laughs> but my my boy, But doing my, a little my,
0: bit every oh, day, right? Yeah. Is, I mean,
3: I used to, like, when you worked in design, well, yeah. in New York, like in the 80s and 90s, like you would be working all night for mm-hmm. presentations, like a deadline. And so I'm used to that intense working environment. But I think one of the things here is like, you know, with having nature so close by and let's face it, it's like p is like an island culture, mm-hmm. you know, so that kind of calmed me down. And my partner, Billy's great. He – um you know, he gets me to eat regular meals and to go bed at a, go to bed at a normal time. So it's <laughs> like we're very much opposites. Like his thing would be like, "We have a free moment. What do you want to do?" He'd say, "Let's go to the beach." And if it was me, I'd be like, "Let's do some work." You know, it's like I'm such a <laughs> I workaholic. Can relate to that. <laughs> totally. yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> and he said, "Oh, like if we're going anywhere, it's always like, let me do one more." Let me do one more thing. And he's like, they're going to put that on your gravestone. You Let know, me do one more I thing. I've got to do one more thing, and then I'll <laughs> lay in that coffin. But um,
0: I know. I feel like if I sit still, I'll fall asleep. So if you take me yeah. to the beach, uh,
3: But that's – it's one place <laughs> that I do feel like I really relax there. Mm. You know, because yeah. there's nothing to do, and it's like – it's hard having like the type A person, like AAA personality, like triple A personality, but I'm much more mellow yeah. than I used to be.
0: But. We we often talk about this and this kind of a corny, it's kind of a corny question, but the introvert, extrovert, what do you consider yourself?
3: It's funny. I feel like I did that whole, what is it, Myers-Briggs? Oh, movie? yeah, yeah. I forget. <laughs> I forget what, what I was, but I think I was <laughs> an extrovert, but I feel... Part of me is an introvert. Yeah. You know, but I think I can, you know, talk to people and, and, you know, I think waiting tables really helped that. Oh, yeah. You know, doing like food service. I You know, I swear being a waiter, you learn the greatest skills. Mm -hmm. Multitasking, you know, having all this stuff in your head and be able to deal with people. Mm -hmm. Um, That was great. Without freaking out. Right. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) It's like you drink a lot, but it's like, you know, it's like, but, yeah, that was a great um, prep for doing work, yeah.
0: Cool. And
2: I I love your question about what's next, because I think that your, the concept can really be taken anywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so Provincetown, and Mm -hmm. yet it could really be anywhere. Mm -hmm. That's, That's exciting.
3: Well, I have over, I mean, I have the little prints. I think I have over 160 different cities now. So those are going to be available as T-shirts online.
0: Where where can we get, where can our listeners buy everything? Oh,
3: um, www.tim-scapes.com. Okay. And um, I have all the prints, and I'm going to do have available T-shirts for all those destinations the beginning of May.
0: Wow,
2: it's impressive. Yeah, Mm. we're
3: doing it's like designing all of them because you have to sort of redesign it as a t-shirt. It can't Mm -hmm. always just you can't always just take the print and like lay it on top of the t-shirt. So, Mm. yeah, we've been doing that all winter.
0: I love it. I love it. It's so exciting to sit here with you and talk about your process and sharing. So, Amy, um, what was your favorite thing that you learned today?
2: <laughs> I think what I, what I took away today was to um, believe in yourself and to to trust people, listen to people, collaborate, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe wipe away that
0: self-doubt a little bit. If people are responding, go for it. Right. And, yeah. and like, things don't happen overnight, mm-hmm. right? So just because you have a good idea— you know, you got to put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into things, and I love the, um, you know, do something every day mm. because you do get that great satisfaction mm-hmm. from seeing, you know, the, um, the impact of of that those little pushes every single day. So I appreciate right. that. I appreciate mm. that process because a lot of people do have these ideas. They're great ideas, but it it's not overnight success. You clearly have been working for a long time. <laughs> And you were able to really pull all of your talents and your experiences from design, creative, to your corporate experience. It all is in what you're doing now. And does it still give you joy?
3: Oh, totally. There was one, um, there was one experience that I had with a customer, and she emailed me and said that her partner was really sick in the hospital, and she had destroyed her Timscape shirt somehow. And she said, is there any way we could get another one? So I was like, I don't know if I have anything. So I just sent it to them. Mm. I just sent it to her. And then she called me. And, you know, her girlfriend was so, like, crying because she got the shirt. And it's Mm -hmm. like, that's like, to me, that's so crazy, like, how I did this thing. But people have this connection to it. And it Mm -hmm. means something. And I think that's what we're all looking for, mm-hmm. this connection. Mm-hmm. So I feel so lucky that I'm, I'm able to do it, mm-hmm. you know, and to, to um, be able to make that connection with people.
2: And that's
0: art. Oh, yeah. That's art.
3: Maybe, maybe I am an artist. I think you might be. <laughs> I think
2: be. you are. I think you
0: might be, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm going to describe you as that.
2: Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you again to today's guest, Tim Convery, the designer and owner behind Timscapes, for this episode of the Creative
0: Exchange Podcast. I'm Amy Davies, the Executive Director of Provincetown Community Television. And I'm Julie Wake, Executive Director of the Arts Foundation of Cape Cod. Until next time, arts matter. Support for the Creative Exchange Podcast is made
2: possible by Delbrook JKS.
0: The Creative Exchange podcast is all about celebrating the artistic process on Cape Cod and connecting creatives.
2: That's right, Julie. And as part of that, we'd like to invite you to a Creative Exchange live event here at the
0: Cultural Center of Cape Cod in South Yarmouth. On May 30th, 2019, at 5.30, Amy and I are bringing back some of this season's guests for a live panel discussion. Come connect with other listeners, meet podcast guests, and celebrate the arts community. Mark your calendars and visit artsfoundation.org
1: slash creative exchange for details and updates. See you there. See you there. Music for the Creative Exchange podcast is the work of Jordan Renzi. Produced in association with Billingsgate Records by Jordan Renzi and Andrew Staker at Big Red Studios in Wellfleet. The Creative Exchange Podcast is brought to you by the Arts Foundation of Cape Cod, Provincetown Community Television, and the Cultural Center of Cape Cod in South Yarmouth.
2: In the desert, to the oasis, this time. this time And this time There's no mistake No, this time And this time I'm not afraid God